Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Now, we are wrapping up our message series called Before We Leave, and kind of the idea behind this was before we you know, round out the year, before we get out of here, before we leave, we wanted to take a look back a little bit or remember a few things. And the, the first message of this series, we talked about remembering what God has done. That we don't want to live our life on the past, but we want to be able to reflect or look back and remember the things that God has done in our life. Even if things are going well, but especially when things are tough, it's important for us to reflect and look back. What has God done in our marriage? What has God done in our family? What has God done for you in your job? What has God done for you in your health? It's important to look back at what God has done. And, and, and we talked about how looking back at what God has, has done doesn't mean we skip over the bad parts and only look for the good things. We reflect on all of it because all of it is what has helped us grow. And last week we talked about the impact of community, that one person can make an impact on community. You, one person, can make an impact on your family. Some of you already do that, and some of you do that without knowing that you're doing that. So today, in our last message of Before We Leave, I want to talk a little bit about, I was with my nephews this week, we followed them around Disney for a couple of days, and he, uh, our, our oldest nephew, Elias, he's just turning three on Christmas Day. His birthday is on Christmas Day. He's going to be turning three. So he got to wear this big button on his hat that said, happy, you know, it's my birthday. And all the Disney, you know, employees are, you know, happy birthday, they say it to him every time they see him because he's got his little button, the pin, and it's very exciting. And, but he's so, he's so quiet. He's so reserved. And sometimes when he says something, you can't quite hear what he's saying. So you have to kind of lean your ear in. Like, what would you say, buddy? Say it again. And sometimes his parents and myself will say, use your words. You ever heard that said? You ever said that to a child? Use your words. You ever said it to an adult? <laughs> Use your words. Say what you're thinking. Use your words. And it's so cool to see him kind of figuring out the things that he enjoys. You know, it's good for him to kind of say something. You know, we ask, you know, hey, do you want this? Do you want to eat this? And he'll say no. And he'll, it sounds like he means it. And, we're, and everybody's very excited for him to say no. In fact, my, uh, uh, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they're like, I love when he tells us no because it means he really knows what he wants. And I was like, okay, well, that's fair. He's slowly finding his voice, using his words. And that's what I want to talk about for you today, what it means to find your voice. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I really, really, really wanted to fit in. I really wanted, uh, it's like uh, if you watch The Office, there's this scene with Michael Scott, and he, he says, I don't, I don't need to be liked. I like to be liked. I have to be liked. But it's not like a dire need. Uh, that is exactly how I felt growing up, and, many, and sometimes now, is I really wanted to be liked. I wanted to be part of the group. I wanted to be a part of the conversation. If there was going to be a shindig happening Friday, I wanted to be invited. Uh, this is, I'm a little old for text messages, but if there was a group chat, I wanted to be a part of that group chat. I wanted to be part of it. I, whatever my friends were going to do, that's what I wanted to do. Whatever, whatever uh, things they were going to uh, uh, go to, that's where I wanted to go to. 
I really wanted to fit in. And so I would, I would ask for a lot of advice. I'm the kind of person that when I have an issue, I process it out loud. And I would ask for a lot of advice. And so I'd ask this person for, advi- for advice. And they'd tell me something like, well, that sounds like a really good idea. I think I'll do that. And I'm on my way to do that, and I ask somebody else for advice, and they're like, well, I think you should do something that's kind of different than that. I'm like, you know what? I like that idea, too. I'm going to do that instead. And for a lot of my life, this is what I would do is whoever had the best advice, and it wasn't even the best advice, whoever had the most recent advice, whoever gave me the most recent advice, that's the advice that I was more willing to take, more than likely to take. And I don't know, I don't know where it is in your life, but I wonder... In your life, where have you seen maybe a lack of your own voice? I'm sure you're not exactly like me. I'm sure you're not like me where you wanted to fit in, and maybe some of you are like, I've never cared about fitting in. That's not who I am. It doesn't matter to me. Good. I am very happy for you. Good for you in your life. (laughs) But I wonder for you in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your parenting at work, where it, you, you, you kind of feel like there's a little bit of a lack of confidence in what to do next. There's a little bit of a lack of confidence in what you should think about this or where you should take this. Now, I'm not talking about having a lack of confidence in yourself. Maybe it is. Maybe that is for you. But I'm talking about the areas in your life or work or marriage or parenting where you're not quite sure because you're not an expert. If you're a parent or know any parents or have seen movies, what you'll, what, something you'll experience, okay, if, if you plan on having kids, I'm going to give you the, the juice. Here's the tip, okay? This is the secret to parenting. You'll never know what you're doing. As soon as you figure out how to raise a seven-year-old, it's their birthday, and now they're eight. And then as soon as you got eight nailed down, now they're 16. You know what I mean? Any parents out there? You'll never know. You'll never know. Now Corbin's out of the house, and he's, go, he's, go, he's at university, and he's, he's got it figured out. You know, he's got, it, he's got it nailed down. He gets it. And now I still don't know how to do it, and I'm still figuring it out. I'm still figuring out how to be a dad. And, I, and maybe I will speak for every parent in the room. You're still figuring out how to parent. Even if your kids are older and married and tw- in their 20s or 30s, whatever it is, we, we are constantly figuring out how to be a parent. And I wonder if it's the same way figuring out how to be a spouse, figuring out how to be a good brother, a good sister, a good friend. We're in this place where we're not quite sure, but what we want to do is we want to be able to find our voice. I want you to find your voice. Here's what I mean by that. As we step into the next year, I want you to know, I want me, I I, want to know, I want us to know when we are hearing from our faith or when we are hearing from those around us, which isn't a bad thing. But I want the voice of your faith to be so loud that you'll be able to tell the difference between the voice of your faith and the advice of someone around you. I want your faith to be loud enough, clear enough, and recognizable enough that you will understand when you are hearing your voice and your faith. There's something happens when you use your words. There's something happens when you find your voice. Because when you find your voice, that's when you can own your faith. 
When you find your voice, you own your faith. You know, I, I talk about therapy a lot, counseling. I've gone uh, on my own. I've gone with my family. I've gone with my wife. And something they talk a lot, or something I've learned a little bit about in therapy is I need to be able to know what I am thinking. Growing up, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be liked by everyone, so I would kind of people please, and what do they want to hear? What do they want to hear? What do these people want me to act like? And before long, I found out that I wasn't quite sure what I think about this, because I usually do what this group of friends does. Or I'm not sure if I like this band. Let me ask my friend who knows music, and he'll tell me if I like this band or not. Turns out I do like punk rock. I never knew that before. My friend told me I did, and now I do. <laughs> I needed to find my voice, because when you find your voice, you own your faith. What's, what's, what's so cool about finding your voice is when you find your voice, you own your faith, you own your decisions, and, and see, what would happen is in therapy, I would blame how I was, who I was, where I was, the way I would talk, the way I would think, I would blame that on something else. Well, I'm like that because I grew up like this. Well, I think about money this way because of this. The reason I treat my wife this particular way or talk to her this particular way is because of this. There was always a reason that I was acting the way I was or thinking the way that I did. I hadn't yet found my voice because if I had found my voice, I would have owned my decisions. I would have owned the things I said, owned the way I thought, but I can't own it if I'm still referencing this over here. I needed to find my voice. Now, I want to look at a scripture today uh, in the book of John. The book of John was actually written by a guy named John. And he wrote, this is one of the Gospels, okay? So if you're not familiar with church or not familiar with the Bible very much, no worries. Uh, there's four Gospels in the Bible. They're called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are four accounts of Jesus and all of the things that he did, the things that he said, the people that he taught. It also has four accounts of the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And John is one of those four Gospels. And there's a part in there where Jesus is walking up to, or they're, they're on their way somewhere. I think it's Judea. It doesn't matter. Or maybe it does if, you want, if you're interested in the Bible. It does matter. Um, for this story, it doesn't. You ever meet those people who are like, they have to get every detail right of a story? Like, where were we the other day? What time was it when we did that? What was the, what was the Coke you had in your hand? Was it Diet Coke? Was it a Coke Zero? So in this, in this part of the story, they're on their way somewhere, and they stop by this well, this, this particular well, uh, by a place called Samaria. And if you, know, if you don't know anything about history, the Jewish people and the people of Samaria, the Samaritans, they were not to interact. It was, based, it was, it was like segregation, except they didn't even look at each other. It was that, it was that tense. And so he's at this well, he's kind of waiting, and, and I guess him and, him and the pals, you know, the disciples, him and the gang, they were hungry, and Jesus sends them into town to get some food. So he's waiting there, and this woman walks up, and he says, will you pour me a drink? And she's shocked, because there's a Jewish man talking to her. That's not supposed to happen. And so they kind of have this interaction, and he kind of tells her about her life a little bit. 
and she's blown away. So she, she thinks that she's met a prophet. So she asks him, you know, where are we supposed to worship? Where's the right place to worship? I, I, I think you should read. Should. I just said should if you've been here a couple of weeks. <laughs> Whoops, a daisy. I would love for you to read John chapter 4. <laughs> See, I don't get it. I'm still working on it. I would love for you to read John chapter 4. It's an amazing story. Now, they go back and forth. They interact. And then she is just excited that she has met the one, the Messiah, the one they've been waiting for. So she runs back to town. And she wants to tell everybody about this man, Jesus. So she runs back to town, back to her, her town, and, 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 and his disciples come back, and they brought food. And as they're waiting there, this, this gal who she ran back to town, all these people are like, well, we got, if it's the Messiah, if it's the chosen one, if it's the one who's supposed to save us, if it's the Savior of the world, if it is a prophet, we want to see this guy. You're telling us that he knew everything about you. He told you things about you that no one could have known. We want to go meet him. So the town rushes out to meet Jesus. And that's the part of the story we're going to read a little bit of. Watch this. And I, and I want you to think about this in the sense of as you were growing up, think about whose faith you borrowed. Whose faith you borrowed. Whose church did you go to? Did you go to your parents' church? Did you go to your grandparents' church? Did you not go to church? Did you not have faith? Or maybe you, you heard about God from your grandmother, so you kind of borrowed her faith in this God that she believed in. Or maybe you heard a friend or a coach talk about Jesus or whatever it was, and you said, well, I'll just, I, I kind of like that person and, and the way they're talking about Jesus, so maybe that will be my faith for a while. Okay, now watch this. Now this is uh, after, uh, after he had this interaction with this lady and the town runs back out to see him. They beg Jesus to stay. After they talked to Jesus for a while, this town people, they beg Jesus to stay so that he stayed there for two days, resulting in many more people coming to faith in him because of his teachings. Now watch this. Then the Samaritan said, this is John 4, 42. Then the Samaritan said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you told us. But now we've heard from, our, from him, now we've heard him ourselves and are convinced that he really is the true savior of the world. We no longer believe just because of what you told us. These people have found their faith. They believed what she said, but they owned it when they heard it themselves. See, there's, there's something very, very good and, uh, and almost wise in borrowing somebody, somebody's faith. I do that as well, still. There are days when I don't feel full of faith. There are days when I doubt things are going to go well. And I have a few people in my life that I can call them, and I can text them, and I can borrow their faith. I can borrow their faith for the day. I can borrow someone's faith in me. I can borrow someone's expectation that something's going to go well. I'm going to borrow that. I'm going to borrow your faith for this. Until I can believe it myself. Until I can know it myself. Until I can hear it myself. Until, until I can believe it for me. When you find your voice, when you find your faith, then you're not borrowing it from somebody else. Now you own your faith. 
That's what I want for you. I want for you to be able to own your faith. Like I just said, owning your faith doesn't mean you can't borrow from time to time. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you saying, now this is for me. Now I choose this church. I choose this community of people. I choose to believe this or not. See, some of us avoid church because of how we grew up. Some of us avoid talking about money because we watched our parents fight about money. This is things that you'll work out in therapy when you go. <laughs> but what we want to be able to do is I want you to find your voice. I want you to expect more from God. And I don't mean more as in a long checklist and we're getting ready for Christmas, you know what I mean? I don't mean make a checklist of, you want, of what you want God to do for you. I want you to expect more faith from God. I want you to expect more hope. I want you to expect more love to come out of your life. When you find your voice, you will own your faith. See, I want you to expect that because when your expectation grows, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. When your expectation grows, your faith grows. Give yourself a chance to expect more. Expect more out of your marriage. Expect more out of your relationship with your parents. Expect more uh, out, of, out of your job. Expect to have more hope at your job. Expect to have a good time at your job. Because when your expectation grows, your faith grows. And your faith is not this silo that only lives here in this room on Sunday mornings. Your faith carries with you wherever you go. And your faith growing doesn't mean you get a thicker Bible every week, right? Your faith growing doesn't mean you come to church more often unless you want to, then do it. But your faith growing will grow your expectations. Your expectation grows, your faith grows. And when your faith grows, your expectation grows. I was with a, a friend of mine recently, and he said he expects bad things to happen. So when they happen, he's not disappointed. I was like, that is a dark way to live. We can, we can prepare. We can prepare for contingencies, for bad things, for things to not go our way. We can be prepared, but I want you to expect God to show up. That's the toughest kind of faith, when you expect God to show up and nothing happens. That's tough faith. That's when you find out where your faith really is. When you expect good things out of your marriage and it ends in divorce, that is a tough faith to have. When you expect God to heal and it doesn't happen, that is a tough faith to have. But if we let those things happen, if, if those things happen and we let those things diminish our expectations, then we lose an opportunity for our faith to grow. Each year, our team and uh, uh, our uh, church as a whole, kind of, some of us, we, we have, we choose a word for the year. We choose a word for the year to kind of filter our thoughts through filter our dreams through, 
My word for this past year was rhythm. I really wanted to find a rhythm with my life. A rhythm, not just for the week, but for the way I approach my health, my, my fitness, my friendship. Our word for the year, last year for the heart was volunteer, and not volunteer as in like, can you help out please? Volunteer is actually what a word is for a plant that grows where it was not planted. An unexpected growth in the middle of a garden that was not planted there, that is called a volunteer plant. And we just love that idea of something growing where it wasn't meant to grow. And so this year kind of through what we're hoping for next year, what we're hoping for in life, what we're hoping for in our community, what we're hoping for for this city, what I'm hoping for for your faith, is I want us to expect. That is our word for 2022. We are going to be a people who expect. We expect God to move. We expect God to show up. We expect God to be there. We expect God to hear our prayers. How would your life change? How would it look different if this week you took some time and maybe chose a word for yourself? And you know what you can do too? You can borrow somebody's word. You can borrow somebody's word just like you can borrow somebody's faith. We do that all the time. In fact, some of us are a little bit competitive, and some of us will try to pick a word fast and then let everybody know what the word is so no one else can have that word. Don't even think of using that word. That's what I want you to do. I want you to take some time, pick a word, and I don't want you to expect for that word to show up more and more in your life. Maybe the word you need is hope this year. Maybe the word you need is rebuilding this year. I don't know what you need, I don't, but I want you to take some time this week and figure out a word. Maybe before the end of the year, figure out a word for the year that you can expect God to show up in. We are going to be a people who expect more of God. We're going to expect more hope. Expect more grace. We're going to expect more community. And when we live in expectation, what that makes room for is for our faith to grow. You know, I, growing up, wanting to be liked, wanting to be loved, wanting to be appreciated, wanting to be someone who fits in, it's still something I deal with. Still something I talk to my counselor, my therapist about. And what I want to do is I want to come to a place where I can know what my voice sounds like. That's what I'm working through. I'm working through me understanding when it's my voice or what I think someone wants me to say. When it's my voice or what I think someone wants me to do. And I think the way I can do that is to expect God to help me, to expect my community to help me with that, to expect patience for myself. The person I am least patient with 
is me. Anybody else? I'm so impatient with myself, but I can expect patience. Look at that. I'm already, I'm already excited about uh, growing again because I'm going to expect patience. Last thing I want you to, or I want to tell you, I want you to write this down. If you're taking notes, when you find your voice, when you find your voice, it's easier to tell the difference between you and the voices around you. The more you grow your faith, the more you expect God, and when you find your voice, it'll be so much easier to tell the difference between you and the voices around you. That's what I'm hoping for for me. Sometimes people uh, uh, think that because I'm the one leading this church that I have a little bit more of faith figured out. I don't. Some people think that I'm a little bit closer to God than they are. I'm not. Some people know that I know a little bit more about the Bible than they do. I definitely do. No, I don't. I'm I'm, I'm on this journey with you, man. I'm on this ride, and I'm trying to figure out how to be a dad, how to be a husband, how to be a friend, and I fail all the time. I'm trying to figure out how to grow in faith, and I take steps back in that all the time. I'm not up here telling you what to do. I'm up here trying to share with you the things that I am growing in as well, and maybe, maybe they can be things that help you grow. Maybe not. But wouldn't you love to be able to say what these people said in John 4, 42? I no longer believe because of what Dom said. Now I know it in my heart. I no longer believe because my parents told me this about God. Now I know it for myself. I no longer believe because of the church I grew up in, what they told me. Now I know it for myself. That's when you will have found your voice. That's when you will have found your faith. If you could, I want you to close your eyes for me real quick and bow your heads. I want to pray for us today. God, we're so grateful that we are still learning, that we are still growing, that we are still on this journey with you. We're thankful for the people that we have around us that are in this with us. God, as we close out the year, as we approach Christmas, there's a, it's happy for some of us, it's sad for some of us, and I pray that we'd be able to lean on each other no matter where we are. I pray that we would be people who expect you to show up, expect you to move, expect you to hear our prayers. We love you. We're grateful for you, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.